Hey everybody, this is Brian Bickford from Manly Matters, the travel and tourism channel. You know that I discussed tourism issues here around Maine, about travel and adventure, and what makes Maine vacation land. You know, um, one of my earliest memories is getting up early in the morning with my dad and my brothers, and we'd get two sleds on the back of a trailer, and all of his brothers, my uncles, would gather at our house and would take off and we'd go to a place called Moosehead Lake. We all have heard of that. Some of the best experiences in my life was snowmobiling. We'd actually get up there for about a week, we'd trek in all of our food, we'd burn wood all week long, and we would have the happiest time of our life. One of the things that we would do is that um, we'd probably have about seven or 10 of us uh, each time we'd go up there, we'd kind of, we'd, we'd go around um, uh, Moosehead Lake, we'd go some of the mountains, but one particularly really stood out to me. It was Elephant Mountain, where the B-52 had uh, had crashed years ago, and that was just such an ominous experience for me. And then getting my own sled and the ability to actually get those trails, sometimes with my cousins, sometimes alone, um, just a great experience. And so, Let's face it, you know, with, you know, so many people, uh, 37 million people coming to Maine to enjoy our state, snowmobiling is a huge driver for us. It's a driver for people uh, that have businesses around the activity, but also it's important that um, the people that actually live here that take advantage of those type of things. And so today I've got a special guest. It's, uh, it's Russell Walters. He's actually the president of Northern Outdoors. Hey, how are you this morning? I'm well, Brian. Thanks. Thanks for. You are too. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. You know, you are the subject matter uh, expert. You know, we think of you particularly when we think of Northern Outdoors and the Forks. We think of whitewater rafting, but you're more than that, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the, the 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 genesis behind the whole organization, Northern Outdoors, many years ago when it was started by you know Wayne and Susie Hotmeyer, um, was really that we needed to, to offer a, a year round, um, uh, sort of schedule of, of, of activities because it's just so hard to, when you're at Ben and it's proving to be the case now, um, you know, it's so hard to retain and attract really good staff just for six months in the summer. So, uh, you know, we having had our roots in whitewater rafting, I think the, the plan in the early eighties was really to, um, branch out into into snowmobiling as a way to, you know, use resources, um, you know, utilize the, the cabins and the restaurant and um, keep staff uh, around for the whole year so that they would be available um, then during the summer months. So it's, uh, it's proven to be, you know, over the last 40 years that we've been involved in that, something that's uh, really at the, at the core of Northern Outdoors right now. You know, it's, that's, that's quite amazing. It, it makes perfect sense, particularly you got that 14,000 miles of uh, winter trails that are groomed and taken care of. you got over 80,000 people that are that are using those trails. So you really tapped into something kind of special. Who's your customer? Yeah, I mean, good, good question, Brian. I mean, the, the, the customer's slightly different, I, I would say, from the um, typical, you know, customer we might see in the, in the summer. The customer is is oftentimes a lot more uh, Maine oriented or Maine and Northern New Hampshire oriented. Um, that you know people have sleds right. um, in in those areas, so they they you know they can use them in their backyards. But if they really like you said, if you want to get out there and and sort of have some um, guarantee of snow or, or or some consistency of conditions, I think you know Southern Maine 
can be a little spotty. So I think people head north. Um, and, you know, we just, so we, we see a lot more people from Maine, a lot more Snowville, uh, not more residents of Maine in mm-hmm. the Snowville community. But we also see people, a lot of people from New York, Pennsylvania, um, you know, big snowmobile areas that, uh, again, are sort of, they're having a different snowmobile experience when they when they come to Maine. We hear about, you know, riding in Massachusetts or whatever, and it's short hops when you, you know, when you ride in, when you ride in Maine. It's not uncommon to hear of people doing two, three hundred miles in a day, you yeah. know. So, that's 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 quite a road trip, you know. And I remember those long times, and I couldn't wait to get you know from behind behind my father, where I used to you know ride in the back. But then I got my own sled, and that just kind of freed things up, made things a little bit more enjoyable. Um, you know, talk about your strategic location too in the forks, and why that's important to your business and and to customers. Yeah, I mean, we're we're just, I guess we nothing we did by planning. It was all happy accident, I guess. I mean, the strategic location for Northern Outdoors is, mm-hmm. is obviously because of uh, the forks and the and the rivers that we sit upon, the bed and the the, the Kennebec rivers, hence the, the name of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, um, we're you know we're 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 very well placed to head north to Jackman. Um, head sort of east back to Greenville and, and Millinocket and uh, and Moosehead, and then you know further west out towards Stratton, Eustis, and onto Rangeley. So, um, and then people are coming up, you know, from South and from Bingham too. So I think we're we're at a, I mean the, th- the beautiful thing about snowmobiling across the state is I and I call it competition mm-hmm. is you know we've got those fourteen thousand miles of trails right across right. the state. Um, but they only really, it only really works if every surrounding competitive town is doing their part to keep the system groomed, intact, signed, maintained, etc. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's what people come up for, right? They want right. to, they want to, they want to ride up into the mountains, so they'll ride up to Coburn one day, or they want to ride over uh, to Grand Falls, and or the, like you said, the B fifty two site. So mm-hmm. I think that over the years. These various, uh, you know, signature places have come along, mm-hmm. or you know, or loops that people can do. I mean, and we found that you know, over the years, we've we've had to create sort of signature routes for people so that they can get out and explore. We, we all get comfortable, right? We go, right. we we tend to go in one direction. Oh, I'm really familiar with that. I'm going to stay over there. Well. Some weekends that can get really busy, mm-hmm. and and so you know we have to have other alternatives for people, and and uh, you know let them get out and explore all of those fifteen thousand, fourteen thousand miles. Sorry, I'm exaggerating. Fourteen thousand miles of yeah. trails that that we have here in the state. Hey, talk to our listeners a little bit about the uh, the ITS, the Intercontinental Trail Systems. Yeah, I mean the the the, the whole ITS is is yeah. really I mean it's been going the inter- interconnecting trail system has been going for longer than I've been around, um, and you know was sort of uh, I mean they, we talk about these club trails mm-hmm. and, and local trails and the ITS so you know various regions various jurisdictions various towns mm-hmm. um, groom might might win a contract um, to 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 groom for you know, 50, 60 miles either way around the town to, 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 you know, keep up their part of the trail system. Right. Where, where the whole trail system is there at the blessing of the, the, the landowners. And I think that's something that we have to 
really, you know, say thank you mm-hmm. to the landowners. Um, and really, sometimes it feels like a struggle. Sometimes it feels like a fight to make mm-hmm. people respect that, you know, this isn't this this, this isn't state necessarily state land or, or, or it, it is in many, many cases private landowners allowing the use of their land for snowmobiling. And, right. and, and so, you know, there is a, there's always been a battle. There's always been, um, you know, a few rogue operators that all want to get off, off, off trail. And, you know, sometimes that damage crops, that yeah. damages crops or farmland or gets too close to people's properties. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, the whole system is, it's fragile in yes. one respect, yeah. um, but it's robust in, 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 the, the fact that because it's sort of managed at its at its heart by local townspeople, local communities, they've got a really good yeah. pulse of of what is going on and can hopefully ring in the bad actors mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 you know make nice and make uh, good with the with the with the landowners. And so, you know, I think it's 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 a lot of it's a very intricate system. It requires yeah. you know. People going out and, and getting permissions every year to use the land, and then signing it in the fall before the snows come, because once the snows come, it's too late. Yeah. And then you know, brushing it out and removing twigs and fallen trees and building bridges and you know all of that stuff. It's a it's a massive amount of work. And then yeah. once snow comes, then we've got the you know the, the, the grooming operations and, and 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 sort of similar to the, what we've seen in the ski in the ski business. Um, you know, grooming and trail conditions are everything. Yes. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, these clubs, these towns, um, these businesses have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into grooming equipment and, and training and operators that will go out at night oftentimes and groom, you know, the whole night long to, to, to make these trails good for people to get out, get out and ride on. So it, it it's no... It's no small feat. You know, it's, you know, it's a very fragile system. Just like you said, you know, you got weather, like a farmer almost. You've got, you're really dependent upon that weather. You're hoping the weather is going to, or a ski slope, you know, you're hoping that's going to happen to uh, have a good year. Right now we're starting to get some good snow coming in and so forth. But I want to back up a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things we do talk about, and maybe it's our future a bit, but how has uh, COVID um, in, since since 2020 impacted your business? And what did you do to 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 accommodate that? Did it, did it, did it flourish? Did you did it did it retract? How did, what happened? Yeah, good question. Well, I mean, obviously, COVID came along in the in the, the tail end of the winter of what nineteen yeah. yeah, nineteen or so, and uh, and and so we, at the time it was April. We just we just didn't know if we were going to have a business that summer, right. but lo and behold, it came about. And you know, then just like now, we didn't know what was going to happen when people went indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, but but last last winter in COVID, um, we found that we had incredible demand for uh, for the cabins and for you know being at the lodge. I mean, snowmobiling by its very nature is kind of a an isolated sport. Um, you're there, tucked in there with your visor and your your helmet, and you're on your own out in the woods. So mm-hmm. um, you are very it's a very socially distant sport, I think, and mm-hmm. and people you know, enjoy getting out into nature and, and getting out and exploring. Um, last year was difficult in many places um, because we had capacity caps on indoor lo- in, indoor dining. Mm-hmm. You know, in our business, we, we can probably accommodate 
100, 150 people at lunchtime, but we were only allowed 45 people in the in the lodge at any given time. Huge impact. So we were, yeah. yeah so we were, we, you know, we were we were asking people for a little grace and asking people, you know, people would luckily most Saturdays last year were quite nice, and people would show up at the lodge and we'd put the name on a list and they'd come in when they when when we met our limit, you know, when we when when we had space available and we turned around things pretty quick. Um, but so I think that in, in actual fact, um, much like much of the outdoor business, COVID probably, I'm not going to say it didn't have a negative effect because there's been lots of negative effects, but people, I call it the flight to nature. People, mm-hmm. people, people wanted to be out in nature, uh, out exploring. They could come stay at a cabin with their, you know, intact group, their pods, if you like. They didn't have to come up to the main lodge. Uh, and socialize if they didn't feel comfortable. And we, we definitely saw an impact of that. Um, but by and large, demand and uh, was 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 uh, very robust. And mm. and it and it again, it appears to be this year. So I think that people's wanting to get out, wanting to be back in nature, wanting to be out in the out- outdoors, um, were all positive effects of COVID. Obviously, we're still dealing with the you know in some cases masks and mandates and restrictions and, and, and spikes um, uh, that come up and it makes it makes business planning really difficult right. <laughs> almost <laughs> almost on a almost on a week to week basis right. with staffing quite and I you know and I'm saying that in all honesty I mean mm-hmm. we don't know at any point you know we could have four or five staff out because their kids have got COVID or family members mm-hmm. have got COVID or and that makes staffing a real challenge mm-hmm. but we seem to be getting through it one day at a time. Well, you know, I got to really appreciate for, you know, most of the excursion uh, outfits in Maine that just hold on and keep going. That's kind of our survival nature, isn't it? You know, we just <laughs> we do what we have to do. And, you know, and one of the things that I really, I really like about uh, the, the Northern Outdoor um, offer is that I don't need to bring anything. I can go up there and rent some sleds, right? Yeah. I mean, we've always, we've always kind of broken it down pretty simply. I mean, Ninety percent of the guests that we have come to the lodge during snowmobile season have their own have their own sleds. So you know, we it's a big you know that, that it is an enthusiast sport and and you know they show up with their trailers and they unload and, and what, what what have you. But um, we also have we, we we work with 201 Power Sports, a, a local uh, rental operations outfit out of Bingham, and. Uh, you know, they got a fleet of brand new Polaris sleds right there, right at the lodge for people to to uh, to rent. So we always, you know, we, we kind of call it ride, rent, or tour. You can ride out of the lodge, you can rent one, right. um, or you can, you know, go with a guide too. And, and and that to some, we've seen the guiding thing change over the years. I mean, in some cases, guiding was taking people that were brand new to the sport out because it was their first time and they were nervous. And, you know, in other, in other times we've seen, you know, people that are time staffed that have, they've, they've ridden forever and then, and they just wanted to, you know, they want to go with, with a local, they want to go with a guide uh, who can get them, you know, to, to see some of those spots you mentioned, the B-52 site, right. Or, right. or Coburn, Coburn Mountain, they want to get up there quick and see as much as they can in the few days that they've got because they're new to the area. So, yeah. you know, we, we, we want to be, we've always tried to be that, that one-stop shop yeah. um, to the best of our abilities. And, you know, and, and having a partner like 201 Power Sports is, is, is really good because uh, 
you know, they they uh, they they're professional expert in keeping up with the sleds and brand brand new set of sleds every year, and uh, it allows us to do our job of of keeping up with the grooming and, and the hospitality side of things. That's great. You know, and I'm I'm going to wing it here, but I'm going to assume that um, would would it be safe to say that snowmobile people like beer? Would that be a safe um, assumption? I think that's. I think. I think all outdoor people do, don't they? I don't I, think we I would, have to. I, with that. <laughs> I don't think we have to. Yeah, I mean the the, the beer is. Uh, I mean we we've had our own brewery at the right, lodge right. for twenty uh, something years. Nice. You know, it's not. It's not. And, and it was. It was built after. You know, what do we like to do at the end of the day? We like. We like to go out rafting, <sighs> or we like to go out hiking. We like to go out snow brewing. And then we like to, you know, sit with our friends and, and have a beer. So <laughs> it seemed a right thing to do is to build our own little brewery, the Kennebec River Brewery. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah. uh-huh. you know, I think we, 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 we have to be a little careful because obviously people uh, middle of the day are getting back into onto that, you know, machine, right? And right. and so, but, but most snowmobilers are pretty good. They'll have a burger, they'll have a beer, and they'll be on their way. And we, you know, we don't let them dawdle too long and, and have too many beers and then get on that sled. and. Yeah. You know, then they, I mean, the, the, the amazing thing about snowmobiling from a, from a restaurant point of view, hospitality point of view is that, mm-hmm. you know, we see the lodge fill up. It's like waves. We see the lodge fill up two or three times a day because mm-hmm. the hundred, 150 people or so that were, you know, having breakfast with us, staying with us, they get on their sleds and they ride and they ride to Jackman or Greenville or Eustis. They, they disappear. Yeah, and then the yeah. people that are staying in Jantman, Eustace, Greenville, they'll come to us for lunch. Yes, and then they, you know, and so it's it's this evolving system, and and so the lodge always feels busy in the winter because there's generally somebody coming in from somewhere else, whether they're looking for a beer or a burger or <laughs> sure coffee or or you know just charge up their phone or or, or fill up with gas. So right. I, it's a, it's actually a really nice sort of facility to be able to, to, to manage because uh, there's always something going on. That's great. Hey, let's, let's back up to uh, 1983. That's when you kind of came on board, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. So and what I happened? Was, what uh, happened? How'd you, how'd you end up here? What's, what's, what's the I background was, on you? Yeah, no question. I mean, I was a, I was a student in the UK uh-huh. um, and I was looking for, you know, somewhere to, 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 to be around on rivers during the summer. Right. And uh, I had a plan in my head. I was going to spend one summer, one summer in the U.S. on the East Coast, one summer on the West Coast, and 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 and, and one summer I was going to go to Australia. That was my kind of in my own head. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, the the rivers of Maine, the Kennebec, Penobscot, dead. I mean, the, the, the mag- magnificent sort of assets that we have and because of hydropower they run every single day which is pretty unusual so yeah. for from a kayaker standpoint it was just uh it was just wonderful so you know all the time when i was going through college i would uh, i actually never really got well i did go to california later on but mm-hmm. uh, um I, I you know i would come back back to maine and and uh, work as a guide or a kayak instructor on the river. And then when I finished college, I had the opportunity really to, to stay on and become involved on a year round basis, um, with Northern and, you know, with, with the marketing and, and whatever was going on there. So it was really, again, kind of like Northern outdoors. It was never really something that was planned. It just <laughs> continued to happen. And, and Maine has that appeal on us. Right. Yeah, and, really uh, just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we just, we kind of, I think many people have seen that appeal, 
over the last couple of years during COVID. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens as, as things open back up again, how many how many people stay. Right, right. Well, you know, here's the part of my show, and if you've listened to any of my shows, you'll know that I actually do a surprise game show. And this is that time right now. So I've got three questions for you right now. Okay. Okay. And you just be you just you just be as honest as you possibly can. We got a we got a row of judges here, so they're listening as well. So, what is the best sled? What is the best snowmobile to ride right now? Well, I got to I got to this is going to be controversial, isn't it? I got to stick with the Polaris um, platform because I mean they're the ones that we're we're using at the lodge, and I found them to be really. Um, you know, really reliable, very comfortable, and uh, and 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 pretty zippy. So I, I'm a big fan of Polaris sledge. Right. Okay. Now. Let me just let me check with the judges. I'm sorry, you're wrong. They're saying that it's a 1976 um, motor ski long track. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got one wrong. Okay. 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 Number two um, for you um, is it snowmobiling or is it whitewater rafting? Oh boy! Um, Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. Yeah, you're really going to put me through the political I question. Am, I am. Um, I am. Um, I mean, I could I could hedge it and say, you know, it depends on which time of year. I I, I started here rafting, so I'd I'd have to say rafting first, but snowmobiling really really close. Okay, down. let me just check with you. They said you're right on that one. You are correct on that one. Yep, it's rafting for you. Um, so here's actually this. This is a multiple choice. This is our final question. You got one for one right now. What makes you stay in Maine? Is it A, adventure? Is it D, or B, is it the people? Or is it C, comedian Bob Marley? <laughs> um. For me, it's got to be, it's got to be adventure. I hate to say that, Bob, sorry. Um, but uh, it's just got to be the, you know, whether it's as a, what it allows us to do for the business of adventure yeah. or whether it's just uh, personally, you know, particularly in these last couple of years, getting out and exploring all that we have on a year-round basis. So, um the people are great. Bob's great. Well, let me just, you know, Bob's great too. But, you know, I did, we did a, a phone survey. It was 97% said it was the adventure. So, yep, you mm. actually got two for two. You did pretty good. That's, that's a lot better than some, you know. Um, hey, what are some of the things you'd like our listeners to know about what's going on this year and why they should come up? Well, obviously, um, we got some snow on the way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the nice thing, you kind of said it earlier on, Brian, I mean, the snow, snowballing can be, can be a little fickle. We're very weather dependent. Um, clearly, um, we've had some cold temps, right? So everything is frozen over the streams, the rivers, the lakes. Um, we've had some snow recently, so that's great. It's like we can start to, to grind out this system. And with more snow on the way, I think uh, I think we, we should be in for a pretty good February coming up. So I think that's uh, that's that's. That's one thing, and I and I would tell people, you know, to get out and always try and go 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 look for something new. Go, you know, we always get into this old habit of ours of going to our favorite places, but take a look around. Ask the local, yeah. um, find out, find somewhere new, and go off and explore that. And maybe, you know, there will be some times here. If I, I'm, I think the weekends are going to be really busy. So if I really wanted to tell you how to ride, I'd tell you to ride on the weekend on the weekdays. Right. Um, 
you know, often a lot quieter and a lot less traffic and you kind of have a little bit more to yourself. So that's uh, what I try and do if I can. Um, and ask a local where they might ride and uh, go off and explore some new places. Yeah. And uh, where, where would they find more information about uh, Northern Outdoors? Yeah, the easiest place uh, is uh, out through our website, um, northernoutdoors.com. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can give us a call. I mean, we have we have people on the phones. We have staff on the phones seven days a week from about eight o'clock in the morning till six seven o'clock at night, and that's at two o seven six six three four four six six. But I would say I, I'd go check out the website first, and that you know there's a webcam on there. You see conditions, and uh, there's some sign ups for for trail condition reports and uh, those types of things. So. Uh, I'll give you a good first guess, and then after that, if you need more information, give us a call. Well, I can't wait. We're going to come up here. We're going to come visit you here in a couple of weeks. We're going to probably going to rent a couple of sleds and uh, and have fun. We could probably at and responsibly, we're going to stop by the Kennebec River Brewery as well. Now, probably in the evening. Hey, listen, I want to thank you, Russell, so much for your time. Thank you. Great, Brian. Thanks very much, and. Uh, Enjoy enjoy your riding when you get out there. Great. We're hoping for, hoping for a really good season. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody, this is Brian Bickford from Mainly Matters. And uh, we've just enjoyed a great little segment here on Snowmobiling. So get out there. Enjoy this snow. Winter is just a state of mind. Thank you, guys. Have a good night.